On this episode of the Michelle Mission, Vincent and I gathered together for episode 298 and our review of Precious from 2009. Find out whether or not the men of Michelle recommend this film that the missionaries say you should only watch once. We also play Six Degrees of Dervell Martin, and I think we may stump Vincent tonight with our selections of George Burns and Gal Gadot. We also answer listener mail, and we talk about Barnaby Jones. It's that kind of show tonight on The Mission. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple. And as we march steadily on towards 300, Mm. we are right there. And on this episode, we will spend time with 2009's Precious, Mm -hmm. based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Ah, that is the full title. That is the full title with Mariah Carey, Lenny Kravitz, Sherry Shepard, Paula Patton, introducing Gabrielle Sidibe, and an Oscar Award winning performance by Monique. Mm-hmm. Precious tonight on the Michelle Mission. But before we get into Precious and Push and Sapphire, Lynn, what's going on? How are you? I am doing fine, Vincent. How are you doing? I am also well. Good to hear. Good to hear. Shout out to everyone who is out there watching and listening to us as we are streaming live via StreamYard to our Facebook group, as well as onto (laughs) YouTube and Twitter at Michaud Mission. Peace and blessings to each and every one of you. Okay, so right off the top. Right off the top? Let, right off the top. Right let's, off let's get go, it out of the way. Go get it out the way. Let's get it out of the way. Um, from the corrections department. Oh. We, oh boy, did we hear um, from quite a few people. But first and foremost, we heard from, I believe it was Troy Thompson. Troy Thompson. Yes. Who the missionaries keep us on our toes. Kept, yes. Kept us all on our toes in regards to last week's Six Degrees of Dervell Martin. Yes. Um, he pointed out mm. that, in fact, Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar. Who plays Catwoman famously in the Batman TV series of yes. 1966. Yes. Did not. Did in not. In fact reprised that role for the feature film of same name of that same year. That is correct. So the path that I took Mm -hmm. to get to Adam West was incorrect. It was invalid. It was invalid even. It was. eh. It was. It was. And that is quite a mistake for me to make because I know Lee Merriweather is in Batman. That's right. 66. Lee Merriweather actually portrayed uh, Catwoman in that film because Julie Newmar could not get out of a contract for a previous engagement. Scheduling conflict, as they say. And I know that you know. I do. That Lee Merriweather was in the back. I was so excited to talk about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers <laughs> that I was blinded. 
Yes. By the are. factoid that any nerd worth his salt mm-hmm. would have known. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Do you know how excited I was? How excited to were use you? Julie Newmar so that I could talk about seven brides for seven brothers? How excited were you, Vincent? I actually referenced it very quickly. The ridiculous path that you can take to get to Burgess Meredith. Okay. Dervell Martin is in Dolomite with Rudy Ray Moore. Right. So, which means I can talk about Dolomite. Of course. Rudy Ray Moore is in Penitentiary 2. Right. With Mr. T. That's true. So now I can talk about Penitentiary 2. Mm-hmm. Mr. T is, of course, in Rocky 3. He is in with Rocky Burgess with Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Which then, of course, gets me to Batman. So I knew I could talk about <laughs> Dolomite, Penitentiary 2. And Rocky Three, but in my mind, and I yet, said, "Oh no, no, no! I got to figure out how to do <laughs> seven brides for seven brothers." So, but yes, thank you, Troy, for pointing that out to me. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, I will just say that the reason why I did not pick up on that faux pas, and it was a faux pas. Yeah, absolutely, straight up, it was a faux pas on my part. Lynn has more Batman stuff in here. <laughs> Yes, like no one knows Batman like Lynn, and that is one of those great Batman factoids. It is one of those great Batman factoids, um, but it is one that m- many people miss out on because, with all due respect, Miss Merriweather is not the strongest part of Batman sixty six. No, let's be clear. I don't know nothing about Lee Merriweather, <laughs> except she played Catwoman in the movie because Julie Newmar couldn't be in it. That's one of her. That's actually the only thing I know about her. There's not much more to know about okay. Merriweather, to be fair. Um, Seems like a, a nice lady. I, yes. You nice know, I'm sure lady. her neighbors loved her. She's probably kind <laughs> to animals. But all I know about that woman was that she was Catwoman in the Batman movie. <laughs> she had a, a pretty a pretty decent career oh, on television oh, and, and, and in, some, in some movies as well. All right. But she was... Um, you know, missable. As was she in Barnaby Man. Jones? Did I say she was in Barnaby Jones? I think she may have been in Barnaby Jones. I mean, I don't remember a lot of Barnaby Jones. Like of my, who remembers Barnaby Jones? I mean, he was one of those TV detectives. Yeah, like I'm sure there are some people with fond memories of you Bar- know, Barnaby Jones. Just wasn't mom. You know, I don't see a lot of Barnaby Jones fans in the missionary crowd look they called us out about lee merriweather and julie newmar that's because of batman oh there are there are superhero geeks no i don't know i I I think think i think the the missionaries go far and wide it would not surprise me okay if if someone all right right. yes yes there's there's one lone one lone missionary that barnaby jones what was what was the hook for barnaby outskirts of seattle do you remember what was the hook for what was barnaby jones's deal his deal was that he was not Jed Clampett. That's the deal. Yeah, but what, I mean, what was his deal? Like, like, what did Barnaby Jones do? Now, now we got to talk. About- I don't know. I never. I, you, to be honest, I think I watched Barnaby Jones camp come on. Said, "Hey, that's Buddy Epson, formerly known as Jed Clampett of the Beverly Hillbillies," and then I didn't give a darn about Barnaby Jones after that. I never watched an episode. Oh, he was actually a detective. He was actually a retired investigator. Well, there you go. He was a retired cop. And Lee Merriweather 
was his widowed daughter-in-law, and they ran a, de- a detective firm. Okay. That was their whole deal. <laughs> well, there you go. See, see, here you go. Proof. It was on for eight years. Well, yes, it, I, I did know that it had to yeah. be run. But here you go. Proof that you are smarter than I. I knew of Barnaby Jones. You knew deep in the recesses of your brain that Lee Merriweather was on Barnaby Jones. All I know about Lee Merriweather is that she was in the Batman movie. And now you know. And that, right, right. You confirmed. Well, you know, it's the type of thing where I'm pretty sure I watched Barnaby Jones in the reptilian part of my brain <laughs> was like if I watched it enough Batman to show up. <laughs> like those connections that make it make me do so well in Six Degrees of Derville Martin. I'm always making them. See, that's how I felt about watching Leonard Nimoy show up on Columbo. Exactly. Because I was like, well, how Columbo going to beat Spock? Exactly. He can't outsmart Spock. Or or that episode of um, T.J. Hooker, where Leonard Nimoy shows up. You know, I never And my that. brain was going to explode. Like, I kept waiting for something. I don't think I ever saw that one. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do T.J. Hooker. Couldn't do T.J. Hooker? No. 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 I couldn't do J. Hooker. Like once I saw the TJ Hooker come on, right, and William Shatner slid across the car so hood. That's right. I was like, I'm done. That was that was too far. Was, you I'm, couldn't buy that. I'm done. You couldn't be like he he could fight the Gorn one on one. That you could buy. <laughs> yeah, somehow that was Defeat plausible. Spock in one on one in a mock time. Right when right when yeah, Spock was horny crazy. <laughs> he could beat horny crazy. Pon far. I'm sorry, pon far. Which oh, is Vulcan sorry. for horny crazy, <laughs> but sliding across the hood—that was a—that was a bridge too. That was a bridge too far. Got you. Got It's funny. Last week on the show, we were talking about—I um, I think it was last week—we were talking about like R and B singers of today. Yes, and I only recently, okay, as of after the show, okay. I'll be honest. I'm late to the, I'm late to the party on this. Okay. Discovered another R&B singer of today who I really enjoy, and that would be P.J. Morton. Yeah, P.J. Morton is nice. Yeah, he's really nice. Does he count of as today? Like he's been making music for like ten years. I've never heard of him. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then ten ten years. That, yeah. That's that's that counts as new. Yeah, that's two thousand. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's two thousand ten actually. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. Jeez. You know, yeah. Like, I you know. So there you go. Yeah, PJ Morton is nice. He's really nice. Yeah, PJ Morton, is and he nice. does a song with one of my favorite singers, JoJo, which I really, oh, I well, really do like JoJo, man. Man, JoJo, yeah. I really do. I really do like JoJo. All right, it's a, it's a talented white lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. But PJ Morton, all right. Stuff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what else is going on over there? What's happening in Michelle Land? Um. Everybody, everybody is going in on Lee Merriweather. Um, <laughs> Aaron Fry's got an interesting factoid. She was on one episode of Star Trek. Wait, where she stole Spock's brain? I remember oh, that episode. Oh, that's right. I do remember that episode? You know who I was about to mix her up with? Isn't that somebody? Isn't the green the green lady somebody? Oh no! I Did the act who? No, What's I, the actress's name that played Batgirl? 
Wasn't she Yvonne on, Craig? Wasn't Yvonne Craig on Star Trek? She wasn't Star Trek. I don't think she was the green lady, though. I know who you're talking about. The yeah. green lady who shows up at, like at the ending. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't think she's the, the green lady, but she is in the Yeah, uh, I know Yvonne episode. Craig is on an episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right, well, there. Love they stole Spock's brain, which many people argue is the worst episode of the first run. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen the... I think the episode where where Kirk trades his... Like, like the woman takes over Kirk's body, mm-hmm. and then Kirk, quote-unquote, acts like a hysterical woman. Yeah, I think the, that's the that's worst. That's the worst one That's the me. worst episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a bad one. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, well, if you go to the third season... Are you sure that's not Yvonne Craig in the makeup on Star Trek? I don't believe... Okay. I know. <laughs> I was hoping somebody would pipe up. <laughs> Nobody did. All right. Yvonne Craig. Star Trek. Star Trek. Should give it to you. Let's see. Oh, she is in green. I thought that was Yvonne Craig. Yeah, she is in green. You know what? She's not the, the green person I was thinking of. Right, right. Well, it's Star Trek, so there are several. Now, I was thinking people. of, like, when the show goes off, there's a woman, I think she's in, the in credits, green, but she has, yeah. but she has antennae. I believe. Wait, wouldn't that be? Wait, you're thinking about an Andorian? No, it wasn't an Andorians aren't aren't they're blue. right? They're blue. You think? I think that's an Andorian at the end of the episodes. Okay. Well, Yvonne Craig, yes, is yeah. The woman I thought that was Yvonne Craig. Yeah. All right. You're right. That's a good looking woman. She was in green on Star Trek. Mm. Okay. The green woman that I'm thinking of was Susan Oliver, Aaron Fry, oh. up on his Star Trek wiki. Um, it uh, just filled me in. Okay, okay. So we're done. We are now. We are with Spock and Jason. We are done with Spock and Jason. We are moving on. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to the next topic. To the next topic, which is listener mail. Ah, missives from missionaries. We don't have any voicemails, but we do have an email <laughs> from Ellis Heron. Hey, what's up, Ellis? Comedians in action mm-hmm. is the subject line. Hey, fellas, that was a good review of Beverly Hills Cop. Thank you, sir. It was definitely a movie that changed the game. I was with you on the subject of comedians not leading an action movie before this one until I considered a debatable movie that came out the year before Superman 3. (laughs) To this day, many people would argue that Superman 3 was Richard Pryor's movie and Christopher Reeve was just along for the ride. The only thing is, like Pryor's ski stunt in the movie, he couldn't gracefully stick the landing. Also, the Superman movies were already an established franchise by that point, so it wasn't much of a risk to put Pryor in the movie. Unlike with Beverly Hills Cop, there was more of a risk with Eddie since he had never led a movie solo before, let alone one that was an experiment in its own right. Still, I figured I mentioned Richard Pryor's unsuccessful attempt at an action movie in 1983, and then Eddie one-upping him the following year. Keep up the good works, your boy, Alice Heron. P.S. Much credit to Vince for how great he is at Six Degrees of Dover Martin. I still don't know how he does it, especially when I have a hard time doing Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. But ask me what year a movie came out from 1980 until now, and I've got you. There you go. There you go. It's part of my useless talent, mutant power. There you go. Um, I I don't know whether or not, first of all, 
I argue that Superman three is an action movie. I argue that it's a movie. Okay. But um, while it has been forever since I've seen that movie, um, I don't know whether or not you can say that that was Richard Pryor's movie and Superman was in it. Um, but I also can't say that it was Richard Pryor starring in an action movie. Sure. Sure. You know, it's a weird movie. Like I don't, I don't, and and I'm not up on my Superman movie lore like that. But I don't know what happened between two and three. Like I know Richard Donner, well, that wasn't involved. Thing. Richard Donner in wasn't three. there, right? But did Richard Donner write the script for one and two? I think he or had he, a hand in the script, right? Okay, yes. he did have a hand in the script because Superman three is just like it's ridiculous. Like it, it's like people. Had hadn't had hadn't seen the movies mm-hmm. before, or mm-hmm. also or you got they didn't trust them because yeah. I do think Richard Pryor. I think the plan, or it looks like the plan, was for Richard Pryor to carry it. I don't more know than carrying it. I mean, he's 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 the pop in it. Like like like. Well, I think that like Superman is almost a supporting character. I think the 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 pl- the plan. I don't know about carrying it, but maybe to, um you know, be on as as much equal footing as Superman as as he could be, mm-hmm. you know, co-star in it. But what you got to also remember is that Superman 1 and 2 were both written and filmed for the most part at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, through right, them right. mucking it around, right. they got the two films out. That's so, a good point. So by that time, by the 83, when Superman 3 comes out, or or 80, let's say 82, when they start to, to do it, 81, 82, the powers that be and all the people involved with the first two Superman, they've already moved on. Right. A lot of them moved with Richard Donner, who right. definitely wasn't returning, and other people were on to other things, you know? So you don't even, you don't really have the same hands involved. Yeah, with Superman three, or oh, and then unfortunately it shows. Yeah, yeah, but that is it is it, it is a curio when you think about Richard Pryor in it. Well, if Richard Pryor, so let's take your argument that Richard Pryor maybe leads the film, even though his name his name probably is a little bit of over the credits. Um, right. I mean, it might be equal to Christopher Reeves. Does this make it? a black movie or a movie that might fall under our purview. I would have to watch it again, but I'm not going to say no. Okay. Like off the top of my head, I'm not going to say no because I do recall it being a case where somehow they took all the chips Mm -hmm. from all of the ingredients of Superman and kind of stuck them. Like is Gene Hackman in three? Like I, I know that's so. the one with with the nuclear man. I don't think so because I think they had to pay like a, a a king's ransom to bring him back for like a cameo almost in four. I always forget there was a Superman four. Four is the one with the nuclear man. Yeah, yeah. So is three just prior? Yep, prior is really the the the. Oh my god! The added you know element. what? I had forgotten that there were four of them. Hmm. I'm putting all of the garbage in that one movie. But four is the one where he gets in the fight with the truck driver at the diner, right? 
Is that four? I think so. I think so. It's been so long. Oh my goodness. I'm realizing I don't even really remember what's in three, except for Richard Pryor as the computer genius. Yeah, that's what I remember. The biggest thing I remember. Uh, all right. Well, let's move. Yes, let's this please. is very this is very interesting to me and you, but to no one else. <laughs> no, I, Alice, Alice is having a good time. Right, Alice is. Ellis is having fun. Right, right. All right. Uh, let's get into the game show that's sweeping the nation, ladies and gentlemen. Right, because four is the quest for peace. Yes. It's Superman for the quest for peace. You know, you're not going to let this go. All right, here uh, we go. No, 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 no. We can, we can, we can. <laughs> I, I completely forgot there were two separate movies. I, I, I know you're not going to let it go. You're not. Um, let's see. Uh, Superman 3 which is the movie with Richard Pryor. Okay. Right. All right. So I'm just going to break Right, cuz Lana Lang is in 4. No, Lana Lang is in it's in 3. Annette O'Toole as Lana Lang. She's in 3. Is she in 4? Is She's probably in 4 too, but she's in 3. So she first shows up really in 3. You are blown. Yeah, yeah. You All right. Okay, let's yeah, let's good. All right, so Superman 3. Right. Right. Superman 3 is is him and uh, Richard Pryor, computer programmer. Gus Gorman is hired by financial tycoon Ross Webster, played by Robert Vaughn, to seize control of a right. weather satellite. I knew it had something to do with a satellite. It's always some weather with Superman. They're, they're quietly the strangest films. <laughs> well, you know, this is in the days where it's always like a mad scientist. Yeah. Remember that? You know, that's that's what like Lex Luthor's whole real estate scheme from the first one is the most Byzantine crazy plan. It is a dumb plan. Superman four with uh the aforementioned nuclear man. Right, right. The quest for peace. The quest for peace played by Mark Pillow. Seeing the United States and the Soviet Union engaged in a nuclear arms race that could lead to Earth's destruction, Superman decides that it must take action and collects all the nuclear warheads from the world and throws them into space. Hippie. <laughs> Hippie nonsense. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lex Luthor clones Superman with radioactive material to create nuclear man being just as powerful as the man right, of steel. Right, 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 right. And there you go. So Gene Hackman is is a character in four. He is in four. Yeah. He's in four. But I don't think he's like really in he's he's now, there, but he's not. Now last thing, Annette O'Toole is in three and four. Annette O'Toole shows up in three as Lana Lang. Mm-hmm. She is not among the cast of episode four. Is Margot Kidder back? Margot Kidder is in both. But I have a funny feeling that Margot Kidder. I think Margot Kidder does pretty much a cameo in three. In three, I think she does. And Annette O'Toole is right, really right, is, is love the love interest. interest, right? And then she and Gene Hackman return for four. For four. Ooh, ooh. Boy, these kids don't know how good they have it. <laughs> these, these kids don't know how good we were. So hungry. That's true. For superhero. <laughs> Because these these were some terrible movies. <laughs> these were I cannot believe four is about to have three movies. These kids just do not know. Three 
uh, Thor is on his fourth movie. Thor is on his fourth movie. Right. Now, here's the thing. These kids don't know how good they have it because we had Superman three and four. Yes. One and two were great. Yes. But in betwinks there, you know, we didn't have anything in the movies, but we had Captain America on TV. Oh, no. We had Spider-Man, one-handed Spider-Man. Remember one-handed Spider-Man? These kids have no idea. Swinging through the the streets of 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 Burbank, I mean, excuse me, Long Island. You know what? I remember sitting in my friend's apartment when Batman the animated series came on. Mm-hmm. Like we were, you know, we I, we were in college, and it's oh, it's Monica. Okay, yeah, Monica, Camille's godmother. And I sat in her living room, and we, and I made her and her roommate watch Batman the animated series with me when it came. And I almost start crying. It was so good. <laughs> like I couldn't believe this was happening. Like I, I couldn't believe I know that I had lived long enough to see Batman the animated series. I remember when Batman the animated series premiered, I was hanging with my friends, a bunch of my boys, and we were, we were I think we were playing ball. And I was like, yo, Batman the animated series is about to come on tonight. He was like, all right, we gotta go. Who lives closest? We found, I forget which one of us, we went to their house, piled into their house, took over his TV. <laughs> like, people were coming into his living room like, hey, like, shh, Batman's on. <laughs> I had to watch These it. kids have no idea. Know. I do not know. They have no idea. But okay, go ahead. Right. We've now we we've cleared the board. We've cleared the board. We've cleared the board. We've gotten full understanding of the four Superman films. Yes. All right. All right. So now now it's time. Now we can play. Yes. Sweeping the nation. <laughs> Turbo Mark. It was Lee Merriweather, not Julie Newmar. That's the key. Six degrees of Durvel Martin. All right. Vincent will attempt to get from the star of every one of your favorite black exploitation films. Absolutely. Durvel Martin in six movies or less. Six movies or less. To a Hollywood superstar that I selected. Vincent, are, are you ready to I play? I am ready. I am ready. It was Lee Merriweather in Batman, not Julie Newmar. <laughs> it was not Julie Newmar. Yes. Okay. So, in six movies or less. Six movies now, or less. I had to go deep for you. I went to, to the world of superheroes. Yes, last week. Yes. Yes. But I went biblical this... Uh-oh, biblical! For this first one. Okay, biblical for the first one. And I went all the way. If you're going to go biblical, and then half-ass it, I went all the way to the top. All right. So I went to the voice of God himself. The voice of God himself played by so in six movies the last six from Dervo Martin Dervo Martin to George Burns George Burns yes interesting the star of Oh Oh God God. and Oh God too yeah and yes Oh God book two oh my goodness gracious George Burns why do I think there was an Oh God three there was Oh, God, you devil. Right, because he played both roles, which doesn't help me at all because they're both played by George Burns. <laughs> it probably doesn't help you because you probably never saw it. 
No, I actually did. I actually enjoyed the Oh God movies. I'm trying to think. Do I remember anything? Anything else, else? that George Burns was in? <laughs> he, um, I mean, he had a, uh, of course, most of his films were um, back in his his comedic heyday in the 30s. Yeah, yeah, he, he and Gracie. But he started more than a few films uh, after. Um, in the seventies, all right. The 80s. All right, I'm gonna have to have to pull some things from you, I think, and ask a couple of questions. All right, ask some questions. George Burns, yes, was he in one of the Muppet movies? George Burns was uh, no, he was not in one of the Muppet. Really, movies. you would have thought that he would have been. That would have been a good call, but he he wasn't. He probably would. Probably was on their show. He was probably on the show. George Burnt. Yeah, I because I, I can't get out of the Oh God movies. But do you know who he co-starred? And with? I was and I was about to say, and I don't I forget who's in the Oh God movies with him. Well, the first movie who's is who's in the, the first one the, with him? The co-star is John Denver. Do you remember John Denver? I know John Denver. John with the glasses. The, the problem with John Denver is always get him mixed up with um Glenn Campbell. No, not Glenn Campbell. Um I forget the, the I don't want to call him the little guy, but he is the little guy. Oh, Paul Williams. Paul Williams. I always mix him up with Paul Williams. The singer. Voice w- of the penguin. Was John Denver in a Muppet movie? That's a good question. Like, it seems like John Denver would have been in a Muppet movie. You would think, right? Because he was definitely on the show a lot. Let's see. John. Let's go to Oh God and go to John Denver. Wow. It's funny that John Denver, I know him mostly from movies, but he was, he had a, he was a singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, John Denver was not. In a Muppet movie. John Denver was not in the Muppet movie. <laughs> like he he seems like he was made like he looks like a Muppet. But no, he George was... Burns is really hard. There is one actor who he he acted with in uh two years before Oh God in a movie that if you knew the movie, do you know the movie The Sunshine Boys? I'm I don't about an old vaudeville act that comes well, back to do there. No, let's let's who's in Oh God book two? All Is right. that John Denver again? All right. Uh John uh, let's see. George Burns, uh Suzanne Flechette, David Burney, and Luan Serrata. Suzanne Flechette. Mm-hmm. Is she in Cannibal Run too? No, you're thinking about Adrian Barbeau. I'm thinking about Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> How are all of these 70s stalwarts <laughs> just sort of orbiting around? Well, Suzanne Flechette didn't do a lot of movies in the 70s. She was a TV. She was she know, was a TV. She was the wife of uh Bob Newhart. Yes. Oh, you may have stumped me. Have I stumped George? It? I'm trying. I'm trying to think of how I would. All right, wait a second. Well, I know. I, I know what movie. I I'm just. I'm because I'm gonna try and stay. I'm you know try and stay a little honest since okay. I'm asking. And, and I know George Burns 
from the old god movies okay so who else is in old god book two besides suzanne uh uh in old god book two you've got suzanne flechette david bernie he was mostly a tv guy luann serrata is not going to help you uh joyce brothers dr joyce brothers and hugh downs the 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 TV, tv guy tv guy now let's go to old guy you devil Oh God, you devil. He stars with Ted Wass, um, Ron Silver. That's a good character actor name. And Roxanne Hart. Ron Silver. I'm trying to see his face. Ron Silver, a long career. You know, like you see his face, you'll know him automatically. I don't know how if it helped you, but you got his face. It's not helping you. <laughs> no, I know Ron Silver. Yeah, like, like you know him, but you, you still. All right, I'm cheating a little bit because Carol look... Blackwell. No, no, no. no. But... I looked up Ron Silver, and something popped up, and I saw he was like he's in Blue Steel. With Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. So that's like, I'm, you know, Derville Martin is in. I don't even know. I'm trying to think. Is Derville Martin in the Mac? I don't think he's in the Mac. Okay, fine. I don't need the Mac. Derville Martin is in. Is is in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Guess with with Sydney Portier. Sydney Portier is in Uptown Saturday Night with Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is in Harlem Nights with with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy is in Trading Places with Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis is in Blue Steel with Ron Silver, who's, who's in Oh God, You Devil, You Devil. With George Burns, that might. I think you got it oh, right I, on. Six. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I'm right on six. <laughs> I'm right on six. You're right on six. Because George Burns, that was a that, it was a deep cut. That's a that's a well, it's not even a deep cut. What is he in besides the Oh God movies? Well, the movie I was thinking of from 1975 is The Sunshine Boys, where he stars with Walter Matthau. I've never even heard of this. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I've never movie. heard of this film. It sounds good. Because yeah, I like Walter Matthau. Fun movie. Um, what else is he in? Well, he was in. He was in that. He was also in. Because um, after after his wife died, well, she, yeah, well, she died. Yeah, well, that's my point. Her, like, yeah. like he wasn't. Like, did he do movies? Well, he actually is in <clears throat> Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. He is in. Um, Going in Style, which is actually a very cool movie with him, Lee Strasberg, and Art Cooney, uh, Art Carney. Um, that's actually a good movie. He's in 18 again. He was in 18 again. With Charlie Schlatter. I actually like 18 again. And his last film appearance was in 1994's Radioland Murders. Oh. Wait, is that Woody Allen? No, you're thinking radio. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the radio days. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, George Burns is a, yeah, I can't, yeah. 
yeah, I, I, that was real sloppy, and I couldn't do. I can't do nothing with George Burns. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you made it work. Yeah, yeah, I can't do nothing with George Burns. All right, what, what you got? I got, Someone, I got one more. Ooh, that George Burns. That was a, that was a rough one. This one might be easier for you. I mean, my goodness, it, I hope it is. Now, this is. I, I didn't go biblical on this one. Okay. I stayed in the world of superheroes for this. One. Okay, back to superheroes. Back to superheroes. So get from Derville Martin. Derville Martin. Six movies or less. Six movies or less. To Gal Gadot. I mean, can I use the Wonder Woman movies? I mean, yeah. And Justice League? That's fair. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know what else she's done. <laughs> she's done other things. I'm, oh, oh, oh. Because then she don't want them death by the nod. Uh, she's in or, the, she's, she's in, in the, the death by the night death by the night out death, there now the new one yes yes oh all right well there you go um do you uh, know anybody else in the movie yeah, 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 yeah. no no well i do actually did you uh, watch that movie no not i just saw the commercials and i said oh that's interesting I'm, you know the person i'm about to say i'm about oh yeah get that money because um dervo martin is in um Five on the Black Hand Side with Dick Anthony Williams, who's in Mo Better Blues with uh, Samuel Jackson, mm-hmm. who is in, you know, I'll just go with Endgame with Letitia Wright. Okay. Who's in Death on the Nile. Oh, that's a good one. With, I forgot uh, about Letitia. Gal Gadot. Because yeah. in my mind, I was like, okay, he can't go to the Marvel movies because of Samuel Jackson, but I forgot about Letitia Wright. Yeah. Because I saw her and I said, oh, yeah, get that money, sister. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's somebody else black in there, too, isn't it? There's a couple of black people in death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one or two black people in there. It's at least one more black person in it. Well, yes, there is. Because it plays Letitia Wright's, um, uh, uh, like, I think, like, aunt or something like mm-hmm. that in the movie. Um, it's not that great of a movie. I wanted it to be a lot better. Yeah. You know, because I love a period drama but it's it's not that great um very well very very i also could have gone to wonder woman with chris pine gotten to chris pine because chris pine is in star trek with um oh zoe zoe saldana zoe saldana oh let's just let's say hi to omar is zoe saldana is in drumline with omar that's right dorsey Mm-hmm. Omar Dorsey is in Django Unchained with Samuel Jackson, who's in Mobetta Blues with Dick Anthony Williams, who's in Five on the Black Hand Side with Dervo Martin. Okay, look at you. I can see, so see you feeling yourself I a little bit backwards. backwards. <laughs> and I said hi to Omar. Hey, Omar. Hey, Omar. Yeah. All right. Very good. All right. Very good, Vincent. But George Burns. George Burns was his. Almost got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Lee Merriweather <laughs> in Batman, not Julie Newmar. It is not. It is not. Um, we're going to get to our review now of Precious. And I think it's very interesting that there seems to be a resounding refrain mm-hmm. in regards to this film. And I want to go to uh, Juan Blaylock. Hey, Juan. 
longtime missionary. Yeah. Who pointed out that Precious is one of those movies I knew from the jump I would never watch. Okay. I still haven't seen it and have zero plans, but I look forward to hearing y'all's review. To which then a lot of people in the chat responded about how they only have seen the movie but only once a matter of fact nadira crump uh says once and done a classmate of hers had a major role that said i don't subject myself to trauma needlessly so for colored girls etc i passed on for mental health reasons mm-hmm. that seems to be a resounding refrain with people in regards to precious absolutely only wanted to watch this movie one time and one time only absolutely i guess maybe we should talk about it we should, but I was curious. Okay, though, all right. To, before we before go there, we talk about it. Was it, it? I was curious because I don't want to necessarily do this in the bottom body of the review. Okay. Is there any other film that you can think of that, and there's probably more than one, but is there any other film that you can think of for you that you watched and you recognize this was a good movie or it was whatever? Sure, but I'm never watching this I know, again. I've never seen it, see it again. I'm sure there is, like you said, now that you're you're kind of pressing me, I can't think of one because Precious was one of mine. Really? This is my second time watching it. Okay. This is my second time watching And what's the first time when it first came out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think of a good example of something I saw and I said, okay, well, I never need to watch that again. Well, I have- For these reasons. Well, I have two. Okay, what are yours? And one is for a very personal reason. Okay, um, and that's Big Fish. And I okay, and and I don't rewatch Big Fish. I think I may have shared it on the on the show in the past because it I I, I acknowledge it is a, a a very good film. It is. It and, is. And it's very touching. Um, but it deals with a uh, a son dealing with his father and his passing of his father. And I saw that film right in the midst of losing my father. Oh, so that yeah. like that just hits me hard. Like I watched the film, I bubble like a blubber like a baby watching the film. I bought the movie, have never cracked it open, sure. will never crack it open, but I like knowing that I have it. Okay. I know what it means to me. The other movie is 12 Years a Slave. Okay. I except for this, right? Because I don't think we've re- formally reviewed it. We have not because I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. I and I don't have any other plans outside of for the mission to sure. watch that film ever again. Sure, sure. And it was good. I mean, I mean, yeah. And but, and well, we we will probably name check that in the review itself because I think I, I think it is is a film that would probably be part of our conversation as we get to mm-hmm. ultimately what we get to when we do this. Yeah, would we recommend this film? Right. So, yeah. Still haven't come out with one. I haven't. I mean, it's fine if you have. I have. You know, I, 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 I will say this: one of my favorite comedies of all time mm-hmm. has been Raising Arizona. Okay. The Cohen Cohen brothers. Okay. Film. Okay. But there was a period for about five, six years after my daughter was born, mm-hmm. where I didn't watch it because I didn't think that was funny. Okay. Like the plot of raising Arizona, they kidnap a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And that just that just wasn't funny to me because I just yeah. had a, like no I more. don't understand. And then when you know Camille was five, then I could watch it again. And then we had my son. 
and then I went through repeat. Like I'm just getting to the point where you can return to where I think I might be able to circle back to raising Arizona. I got you. But uh, Sharon Eldridge uh, points out that Mulan Rouge, I can only watch once. It wrecked me at the time. Saw it in a full theater. Mm. So all the feels were all over. Okay. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Calvin, Calvin Austin actually has a very good one. Okay. Passion of the Christ. Did you ever see Passion of the Christ? I did. It was just, it was just very, well, we should probably talk about it. Like it was very just sort of trauma porny to me. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't affect me. I was just like, I didn't really understand the point. Yeah. So, but, but I know people feel that way about it. Most definitely. You know, um, Farrell Blackwell says Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, Great that's movie. that's a tough one. I think that's I could watch enough. it again, but I don't know if I <laughs> I'm watching it on Saturday night with some Doritos. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Schindler's List, of course. Oh, that's right. That's um, tough. Schindler's You know Schindler's List? I've never watched. I've never seen it. Good movie. Never seen it. It's no reason to um, thank you, Farrell Blackwell. He points out that it was uh, Sophie uh, Okonito who played. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's actually very good in that. Bree Bree Five Seventeen points out Hotel Rwanda. Hotel Rwanda. I've never there seen that movie. I've never seen it. It is excellent. And and I I I never need to watch it again until I, we watch it for this. Yeah, and, and that'll be when I I yeah, had the Hotel DVD. Rwanda is yeah. is tough. Yeah, that that that's it for me. Uh, your brother, Damon, uh, Mystic River. Mystic River, I've seen more than once, but I can understand yeah. that watching, only seeing yeah. that once. Yeah. Um, I could definitely get behind that. And Aaron Fry also points out it's Miss, uh, Mississippi Burning. Yeah, Mississippi Burning just, I, it makes me more angry than upset because of the way it centers the white investigators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah, I, I, I feel you on that one. Okay. All right. All movies right. that we never want to watch. The movies that we- <laughs> There's a podcast for you. There's a podcast for you right there. Like like one and done. Like you just like the whole podcast is you just watch these emotionally wrenching films. Say I'm gonna watch it one time. We're gonna talk about it. and then you know I don't know how how long you could sustain yeah, a podcast like that. No. And you know, it's like what maybe 10 movies you could do. And then after the third movie, you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Just be done. Just be done. Just have one fan left. And then a special series. We'll be talking about when they see us. <laughs> oh God. We'll alternate between when they see us and the Emmett Till miniseries. <laughs> We'll just go back and forth. Oh my god! For about ten weeks. Oh god! Oh god! No, no. Oh, when they see us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You. Farrah Blackwell's right. You need a lot of therapy to do a podcast like that. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Break it up with episodes. Barnaby Jones. <laughs> And with that full circle, (laughs) let's get into our review of Precious. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages.
My name is Clarice Precious Jones. I want to be on the cover of a magazine. I wish I had a light-skinned boyfriend with real nice hair. But first, I want to be in one of them BET videos. You're a dummy. Don't nobody want you. Don't nobody need you. School ain't gonna help none. Take your ass down to the welfare. You're 16, you're still in junior high school, and you're pregnant with your second child. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about home? But you're gonna have to talk to somebody if you want your check, sweetie. People tell me my life is Precious, I'm hungry. You plan on putting some food in that frying pan? My favorite color is purple. I sing well. And I'm here because I love to teach. I'm Joanne. My favorite color is fluorescent beige. And I'm here to get my GED. Clarice, something you do well? Nothing. Everybody's good at something. You gonna stand up there and look down at me like you're a woman? You don't know what real women do. Real women sacrifice. Now smile about that, you fat bitch. Talk about the abuse in your household. You know what I'm talking about. You sit there and judge me, and you write them notes on your pad about who you think I am. Nobody love me. People do love you, precious. Please don't lie to me. Nobody done nothing for me. Beat me. Make me feel worthless. Your baby loves you. Precious from 2009, pregnant by her own father for the second time, 16-year-old Clarice Precious Jones can neither read nor write and suffers constant abuse at the hands of her vicious mother. Precious instinctively sees a chance to turn her life around when she's offered the opportunity to transfer to an alternative school under the patient firm guidance of her new teacher, Ms. Rain, Precious begins the journey from oppression to self-determination. Precious, directed by Lee Daniels with a screenplay by Jeffrey Fletcher based on the 1996 novel Push by Sapphire. Sars Lenny Kravitz, Sherry Shepard, Mariah Carey, Paula Patton, Introducing Gabourey Sidibe as the title character and with a harrowing, disturbing, gut-wrenching, Oscar-winning performance by Monique. Here on the 298th episode of the Michelle Mission, Precious was brought to us by Lynn Webb. Lynn, what do you have to say about Precious? I actually wrote down, I usually write down like a, a, a couple of notes mm-hmm. from a film. 
And then I come and me and you, we, we talk it out. Mm-hmm. One other that's time. That's our shtick. That's our shtick. One other time on this, on the mission, I can't remember. It was long ago. I decided to actually write out exactly what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Just as trying to be more prepared and also was trying to, to show that I could be half as smart as you. Mm. Um, I quickly did away with that and said, he's smarter than me. Fuck it. And I just <laughs> have continued on watching precious. I told myself, I want to write out exactly what I want to say. Okay. Cause I want to make sure that I get my thoughts across very clear and concisely. And I kind of have notes. I, I, I've got a, a, a lot of notes right here. Right? I can see about exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Those listening to the podcast, Lynn held up his notes. I held up my notes for the camera. Um, but I'm doing away with that. Okay. And I deciding that I want to start just straight off the cuff mm-hmm. and say that I thought that I had watched, seen this movie before. I realized that I only saw maybe the beginnings of this movie mm-hmm. uh, in years past. Didn't see it when it came out in theaters initially. Um, probably saw it someplace on cable over the years after, then a couple of years later. And watch the beginning. Remember hearing, you know, like this is, oh my God, it's, it's so, it's so traumatic. It's so intense. And not being in the frame of mind of that at that moment for something like that mm-hmm. and said, I, I'll watch this later and never returned to the movie. Right. So this was my first real time sitting down watching this movie from beginning to end. Okay. And I agree. This is an intense film. I agree that this is a film that is, uh, <laughs> to borrow from the from the script, unrelenting mm. in uh, some of in the trials that it puts upon uh, the lead character, Precious, who is um, beautifully portrayed by Gabourey Sidibe. And it should be noted that she was nominated for a, for an Academy Award. She didn't win, but mm-hmm. she, she also was nominated for Academy Award. Um, I got to say, I absolutely love this movie. Hmm. I, it's, it's weird to say that I enjoyed watching this film, mm-hmm. yet I felt emotions watching this movie that I have not felt in a long time watching the film, probably since I the first time that I saw Pariah. Okay. And you know how, how I much I love Pariah. Mm-hmm. There is such authenticity in this movie, I feel in the depiction of what this young woman goes through. First of all, I feel the the realness in the depiction of her world. Precious is a sixteen uh, year old who is overweight. I don't think it would be unfair to say, you know, disarmingly 
overweight, um, mm-hmm. you know, unhealthily so, it, it, at least in appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and who is mired in in sorrow and sadness and loneliness. She is, um, you learn through the courts uh, early on in the film that she is illiterate and not just functionally so, she is illiterate, cannot read. Um, But you also, you learn that she is the, the, um, the whipping post of her mother, Monique, um, the, the character that Monique's play. Um, and you learn why later on in the film. You, uh, you, you mentioned how off the top you learn about her at the, at the, when you're introduced to her, she's pregnant with her second child um, from her father. Mm-hmm. And she's a woman, she's a young girl who even in the midst of sitting in her classroom, in the midst of sitting in uh, alone in her room, tries to escape into a fantasy world that she creates for herself. You see her, you know, having fantasies of her math teacher, you know, um, uh, falling in love with her. You see her having fantasies of having a light skin boyfriend you see her having fantasies of being the the star of this film or the the most popular girl in in school or or around the town there's even a a scene where you see her getting ready for school and as she looks in the mirror she sees herself as uh, a young white girl right you know getting herself together um to go to school But as much as she tries to escape into this fantasy world, you know, she is she's brought back into the starkness and darkness of her reality by her her mother's tone, shouts and fists and throwing things at her, um, dismissing her the dismissiveness of her her being of her agency, of every, of everything, just total disregard for, for her daughter. She's brought back to reality by, you know, um, by the taunts from, from people in her neighborhood, from, from the sneers from the people in her classroom. And she's also brought back to reality by her own, you know, understanding of her, of, of her own, um, uh, 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 um, I don't want to call them faults. I'm, 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 I'm fumbling on the word. Her own, her, her own inadequacies. Like you know, she realizes that she, she can't read, and she, um, she realizes that she is not as literate as she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it even with with that. She still, whenever there is an opportunity presented to her, she sometimes begrudgingly, but she takes, she puts her hand out and she sees what's going on. She wants to, she wants to find a way to be better. She doesn't want to believe that her mother, 
who tells her that she is nothing, that she is stupid, that she is fat, she is dumb, she is worthless, she is no one will love you, no one will give a fuck about you. She wants to prove her wrong, but she need she realizes that she needs the ammunition to prove her wrong. Mm-hmm. And while this movie presents people giving her that opportunity, I think also this movie smartly does show that despite them opening up cracks of doors for her to walk through, it is still her, it is still precious making the move, taking those steps on her own to move to move through those doors and to better herself from her situation. Mm-hmm. And I think that in every facet of the way, and I'm not, I'm not even that great big of a, a fan of Lee Daniels, but I think Lee Daniels is a, has directed a masterpiece in this film. I thought that all of the 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 shot selections and and were were spot on. They they this film felt. It, it I I can't say it anymore. It felt real. I mm-hmm. felt like I was of this world. I felt I was in this moment. I I felt for her pain. I felt the moments of joy that she has when she uh when she leaves it uh, starts to begin her journey of of learning how to read and and how to write of uh, she finds her tribe as it as it were yeah. in the this school and in, in, in this uh, uh this classroom of young women all of them with their own separate challenges you know how you always talk about like i could just watch a movie of mm-hmm. this i could watch mm-hmm. a movie of that classroom with yep. all of those That's young right. girls forever yeah i could watch it forever and watching precious find her tribe in that room and in and, and even then begrudgingly you know they it it doesn't happen overnight it it it, it each uh, each of these young girls have to feel each other out and it's done so tactfully so so smartly in this movie that it then leads to a moment where she is um everyone's talking about you know the the teacher uh, Miss Rain, mm-hmm. uh, played by Paula Patton. Played by Paula Patton, that's right. In probably the best role I've ever seen Paula Patton pull off. Look. She asks everyone to, you know, talk about why you're here, things that you do do best, the series of questions, and it gets to Precious, and she doesn't know, she, she doesn't know what she does best, because her whole life, her mother told her that she she couldn't do shit. But, you know, ultimately she says, you know, I feel here. Yeah. And because she felt this was ultimately a place for her. This was a safe space. Right. Which she did not have any place in her whole world. And the way that that scene is done the way that it is performed, everything about that scene. Shit. <laughs> it's, it's fucking me up right now. Mm-hmm. I bawled like a baby when I watched that scene because 
I've been there. Mm. I, I've I've been in those moments, man, where you you just don't feel like you know something is off in every in every place. For her, it was that classroom. For me, it was when I got to the drama club in Martin Luther King High School. Mm-hmm. It it and when those moments happen, man, you 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 feel it, and you never you you never want to leave it. Right. And and that is your happy space. And that continues to be her happy space. And it is from that building block that she starts re taking control of her life in this movie. And yes, are the sins of everything that has been done to her, do they play out throughout this film? Yes. And does it seem like it is, is uh, unrelenting? Sure. But what you have to understand that is for each knock that comes and all the way to the end of the movie, like you think you're you're at a happy point <laughs> near the movie. And yet then it drops another bomb on you. Oh, you know, all of a sudden some some test results come in oh. and it drops another bomb on you. And you're like, what the what? Ha- what now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what you have to understand, what you got to realize is that these is all of that crap from the past this is 16 years of shit that is is trying to pull her back but with everything that comes she is more and more equipped to deal with it as a functional adult so that when you do get that last bit of uh bad uh news at the end she's ready for it yeah it's it's such a backup for a minute but she she has been prepared for this, and d- does she need a, a little bit of a, a push from from her friends, mm-hmm. from her from her tribe, from her teacher? Yeah, but she's a, she's equipped for it, and she handles and she handles it beautifully and masterfully, and she and she takes full agency of her life in that moment, and for for the rest of the movie, all the way until the end, when she walks out with her two children and just has one of the most beautiful smiles on her face. She's still very much, you know, a bit of a, a, a more alone on her own, but she has control and she has the weapons to take con- to, to, to succeed in her life and 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 now her life really has begun and i think it's a, a beautiful moment i think that it ultimately is a beautiful capper to a film that is intense it is strong it is powerful but it is a, a film that i believe like people who only want to watch this film once i understand i'll watch this movie again Mm. And I will enjoy it, and 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 I will try to introduce it to people who have only watched it once and only remember it for that, you know, the, the intensity of it. Mm-hmm. To try and watch it with fresher eyes, to try and watch it from a a, a different standpoint, because I I think this was a, a masterful film. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. I think I agree with. Pretty much everything you said, pretty much. I think there's a film of best. You know, I'll just start with what you said. This is this is the best thing I've ever seen Paula Patton in. Mm-hmm. 
this is the best film that I think Lee Daniels has ever directed. This is um this is an amazing debut mm. by um Gabriel Sidibe. And I'm so happy that since this point, she has continued to act. Yes. Because I have to say, very cynically, this seemed like a case of, I won't say stunt casting, but she was so specifically this character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I doubted that she would continue to work. Right. And right. she has. Right. And, and in different roles. In different Showing roles. Difference. In different roles. Yeah. And yeah. and to Lee Daniels' credit, a lot of that has been because of Lee Daniels. Like, you mm-hmm. know, she was on Empire for years. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is the most pleasant surprise. Conversely, I've been frustrated and saddened, and I was frustrated and saddened today when I watched it. Monique is everything. She is absolutely everything everything mm-hmm. in this film and this should have been a career pivoting performance like this should have been her what, what was it when frank sinatra was in the man with the golden gun mm-hmm. golden arm with yeah. the golden arm. like this should have been her frank sinatra in the mm-hmm. man with the golden arm moment where where her entire career shifted yeah and then people knew her as a serious actress or Oprah Winfrey in color purple. Well, or, or Oprah Winfrey in the color purple, but I'm thinking about somebody who was famous and, you know, like once, right. Like Oprah wasn't an actress, like, but then she was in the color purple. Like Monique was a very well-renowned comedian. comedian. And then you get this Mm -hmm. remarkable, terrorizing. Yeah surprisingly complicated mm-hmm. character. I was saying today, she, Monique has a monologue at the end that is one of the best monologues in the, you know, in the past few decades yeah. that an actress does. And for, you know, whatever personal reasons between her and Lee Daniels and this one and that one, it just didn't lead to the 10 years mm-hmm. of performance that I wanted. I think it is it, it it is an important story. Oh, most certainly. You know, I think this is an important story. I was thinking today, I don't know if if this was sparked because of Precious or just the the social landscape has changed since 2009. I, I think as a culture, we are more aware of the physical and sexual and psychological abuse that a lot of children and a lot of our children Mm -hmm. have to deal with that precious spotlights. Yes. So everything about the quality of this film, I don't think is, is, is up for debate. Mm -hmm. I think what it really comes down to for me with this film, however, is an ongoing conversation that we've had about the purpose of art. Okay. And our relationship to it. Mm -hmm. 
I think quality is just one part of the conversation. I I I think when we talk about this art and, and we we name checked a couple of examples as we're trying to whether we're talking about Ava DuVernay's when when they see us, whether we're talking about Amistad, where mm. you know, all whether we're talking about 12 years a slave. I do think that as viewers and patrons, mm-hmm. part of the conversation has to be does this enhance my life? Okay. Does is this an experience? Is this an experience that the pain justified, or, or rather the the, the 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 aesthetic pleasure, the 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 the, the, the artistic experience? Mm-hmm. Does it justify the psychological torment that I have to go through to deal with this? Mm-hmm. And and something like 12 Years a Slave, something like when they see us, I think the argument is pretty straightforward. If you don't know anything about Solomon Northrop and, and him being enslaved, 12 Years a Slave is fantastic just because we need to know that. Mm-hmm. We need to honor what has happened to our ancestors. Many of us knew sort of the, the, the a sketch of what happened with the Central Park Five, but the vast majority of us, if we know about the details, if we know about the depth of the the crime that was committed mm-hmm. against these young men, mm-hmm. we found out from this miniseries. Right. You and I talked about Rosewood mm-hmm. a few months ago, and Rosewood is something that people didn't know about, or 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 Black Wall Street. So, I think those are kind of straightforward that you can justify, like you need to watch it just because this has a tangible sort of of gain that mm-hmm. we get just learning about this stuff. And while I think this is an important story, as, as we've mentioned, this is based on a novel. Mm-hmm. And I hate to be that guy. Like, I hate that guy. But I think the book tells this story more artfully in a way that honors the story. Like, as you mentioned, uh, as you mentioned, Precious is, is functionally illiterate. Like she's illiterate. She, she can neither read nor write. Right. And there's a big part of this film that talks about her journey into literacy. Mm-hmm. But because it's a film, you don't actually get to see it that like they have this, they they have you know there there's there's this wonderful moment at the beginning where they show the credits yeah the, the and credits it's sort of phonetically shown the way that precious writes and right but we don't get to to actually because it's a film mm-hmm. and the book does that so well because the whole book you know we we were talking before we started it's, it's an epistolary. It's mm-hmm. it's a book in the form of letters, right? So that she starts out writing, and it's very simplistic, and it's very difficult to read. But as she journeys through the story, her writing becomes more legible, and and she's able to express herself more. So that it's it, it to me, it's a much more intimate 
relationship with this with this woman and with this story that as good as this film is it doesn't capture that so that what i land on is that i 100% agree with any artistic critique of this film that celebrates the achievement again I, I think this is a film you know I'm not going to say this is the best thing that Lenny Kravitz is in because I really like Lenny Kravitz as an actor mm-hmm. like Lenny Kravitz, so apparently, apparently Lenny Kravitz can just do anything I know it's a it's a it's a, a annoying I know but you know Lenny Kravitz is fantastic I don't Mariah Carey should act more yeah and it's a testament to Lee Daniels as a director that as a director that he pulled these performances out of these actors. Mm-hmm. Um, Paula Patton, I don't know if Paula Patton just doesn't get the the scripts because you know Paula Patton is is basically always cast as the pretty girl, mm-hmm. but she's you know she's amazing in this. She is, but I just can't get over the hump and maybe it's just you know where we are right now like you know just kind of post post just just the pandemic and mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and black lives matter and george floyd and just everything i just i can't get over the hump to recommend this really like i can't get over the hump to tell people i think you should watch this oh man see i well I think that this is a story that everybody should watch because first of all, one of the things that I, I that I noted I noted and I was heartened to see that a few people who are few uh critics had noted that it's rare that you see a film where that is led by not one but two plus size black women yeah yeah you don't often see that no you don't and and it, an argument can be made that that as much as you're kind of that you're rooting for precious an argument can be made that both of these women are hard to 100 percent root for mm. right certainly you're not rooting for you know monique's character um but precious character, precious character sometimes is a little off, off putting. She's a little, you know, quick to draw with with her with her temper a little. Oh bit yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, but I appreciate I appreciated her being quick to draw. I I hear you on the whole. You know, the, the book being able to to show the journey into literacy a little bit more artfully because it it. It's in a literary form, right? So it only right, stands right, for right. a reason that it's going to play it out better. But I still found the, the transition to film still works because from the beginning of the movie, Precious, especially as she escapes into her fantasy world and everything like that, has the soul of a poet. Mm-hmm. She she has the thoughts and the words to convey all of her thoughts all of all of her her feelings she just doesn't have the weaponry right and as you learn that she doesn't have the weaponry that she cannot write that she cannot read um 
it becomes all that more frustrating because now you understand why she also has the anger mm-hmm. that she does, you know? So I thought that it was still very, very well put and, and well portrayed. It, is it maybe easier to see, or maybe, like I said, more awfully done in the book? I can understand that, but the book came out in 1996. This comes out in 2009. Yeah. You're talking about a nice little stretch. Yeah. Oh, so, no, no doubt. And while this, the movie does bring prominence back to the book, as a matter of fact, they then reissue the book mm-hmm. under the title, yeah. Precious. Oh, you I, know, I know that's right. The novel, you know, push. Um, it, people are going to, you know, people are going to see the movie more. This is, yeah, you're right. It's just the (gasps) nature of the beast. Um, and I think, and I think that the movie still handles that well. And I think that it's, it's worth recommending because it is a film that does show the complexities of both of these characters. You talked about Monique's, um, monologue at the end of the movie which is really the only other time that you get the other side of her character right because she she's scaringly one note the whole time well there are a couple of moments where she's like there's a a moment where she's dancing in the mirror okay well yeah where you can tell there's something else there's something else there's something else there but but what again that makes you wonder okay so where's the anger coming from and then you see it at the end. Yeah. Um, and you're made to understand where the anger is coming from. You don't side with her. No, in, no, in, not in at all. Stretch at all. Not at all. But but I think I I think and, and here's something else that I think the film alludes to but they kind of, you know, you can deal with it more in a book. Like, I think that whole bit of her trying to overfeed Precious, Mm -hmm. I think there's that moment where Precious is standing at the top of the steps, and that's just where she's standing. But then Monique goes into this whole thing of basically saying, you think you're better than me, and you're looking down on me, lets you know that Monique's character has her own insecurities and her own things. It's a split second, but I love the fact that the film lets you know that Monique's mother, Precious's grandmother, yeah, is also a terrible person. Yes, yes. So that you see that this is a cycle of abuse mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that has happened, and 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 I I love that. Like you said, it is a split second because when you're introduced to the grandmother. You're led to believe that maybe she's the saving grace exactly. here. Exactly. Because she's the one that's taking care of, of uh, Precious's uh, first daughter yes. who has Down syndrome. Um, and, and so you're left to believe like, oh, okay, maybe she's the saving grace. She's whatever. But then in another scene, mm-hmm. you see, you see like, no, she's the origin of what Monique's character right, is, right, right. you know, and like a lot of daughters, she just doubled down look, on what her mother was. Look, something that has happened since this film came out. I've watched probably way more Ayala Van Zant fix my life than than I probably should have. Oh, God, 
I mean, it is, and it is. It's oh god, and you know, you kind of watch it, and and you know, unfortunately, these people's lives are put there for entertainment and all of that. Mm-hmm. But one thing you do pick up, and I, 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 you know, all jokes aside, all you kind of roll your eyes and Ayala Van Zant, but I give Ayala Van Zant credit. She always points out that these are all generational curses, basically. Right. Like you just keep going back. You know, my, 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 my best friend Cliff said something when we were in college. So, you know what, you know, I'm sure we had been drinking and it was probably some chicken bone somewhere, but he said, you know, the, one of the problems we have as black people, we never got therapy after slavery. That's right. Like we never got therapy. Nope. So that just kept going. Like, like we just, it's just generation after generation. You have this dis- dysfunction. You have this pain. Mm-hmm. You have all of this, and it just keeps going. And I guess there was enough of that there that even before her monologue at the end, I knew there was more going on. Oh yeah, with Monique's character than just she's this monster. Which right. once again. And let me be clear, I absolutely celebrate the quality of this film. Once again, this is a testament to Lee Daniels' direction. This is a testament to George Fletcher's screenplay, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. also won an Oscar for adapted screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Fletcher. I'm sorry, Jeffrey Fletcher's <clears throat> screenplay. And and Monique's performance mm-hmm. that forced someone that very easily could have been one note. Right you do have these 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 shades underneath it i'm also wanted to say i i think you're absolutely right to celebrate this film because of the two leads you know these two plus size leads monique was actually in another movie from oh i just had it i think 2006 fat girls fat girls okay did you ever see fat girls no i know you didn't you know why because nobody actually watched Fat Girls. Because mm-hmm. it's a dumbass title. Mm-hmm. It was Monique before this. Yeah, yeah. And everyone just sort of dismissed it. And this, that, and the other. Fat Girls is a surprisingly solid film. Really? I know. Because I started to select it for you know what? Mother May I. But you I you like, can't. No, you can't. I, said, you can't I, I, didn't, I didn't. It is one of my... <laughs> It's one of my little passions. Really? That I recommend fat girls to people. Fat girls it is, and baps. It is it is better than baps. Wow. Like there's actually, you know, again, look, it's Monique. It's 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 in comedy mode. It's it's fat girls, P-H-A-T-G-I-R-L-Z. Z. But there's a surprising amount of nuance in it. Okay. Okay. That that I was not as surprised by Monique. Okay, because in of this, that. because I remember, and and let's be clear, I caught Fat Girls on a real humble, <laughs> like like it was on, and I watched like ten minutes of it, and then like I watched twenty minutes of it, and then like I sat up and watched it, and then like I watched it again, and then I, was, you know, I've had a version of this conversation <laughs> since two thousand and six. <laughs> Or I'm like, you know what is surprisingly good? Fat girls. Okay. So, right. so yeah, look. 
I don't. Mm. Yeah, I can't go. I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I cannot go on too much about this movie. I, 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 I cried three times watching this movie. It it's a harrowing experience. It, like it really. I mean, you do have to acknowledge that. Like this, I I hear you over there. It's good, and people should watch it more than once. But this is a tough move. See, but you know what? As tough as it is, I still find that there are that there are so. I find enough light in this movie that it. it I don't feel it is as relent unrelenting as a lot of people think. Like I, there's a scene. There's a scene where Precious is at Blue uh, her teacher's home. Yes, um, and we're trying not to give some plot points away, but she she finds herself at the teacher's home, and she, and the teacher's there with 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 her partner, um, and and they're talking back and forth. And Precious says they talk like channels that I don't get. It's it's a good yeah. I said that is a great fucking line yeah i love that line. it's a great script it's a great it's a, it's a great, great script. you were talking about the the girls in the classroom and 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 much like you oh my god i could watch an entire film i'm joanne my favorite color is fluorescent it, fluorescent, beige. Fl- fluorescent beige fluorescent beige i wrote that down i said joanne is the best <laughs> i put this classroom up just what we've talked about the kids in bright road mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the kids into sir with love yeah like this is a great class yeah yeah and and i will i will grant you i don't think it is relentless like i do think they try to break with between the fantasy sequences and the classroom scenes mm-hmm. but even with the i just whew, yeah it's a tough film I, I, you know what? It's it's a it's a tough film. It's it's a tough film, but it's a it's it. You know why it's tough? Because it makes you feel it. I hear you, and that's a testament to how good the movie oh, is. Look again, I can't. I love this film. I actually agree with you. I know. So I would recommend. Okay, so so you would recommend? I would recommend that people watch this you film. I, if you've watched it only once, I would recommend that you watch that you watch it again. Uh, Joanne Blaylock, you've never seen it. You have to see this film. Gather your family together. You've oh got to, I, I know you've gracious. got a big family. Gather your family together, you know, so they can support you. Watch this movie, Nadira Crump. You only watched the movie once. I'm telling you, I think you should watch it again. I really, I, if you have not watched this film since it first came out, I think you should watch it again. And, and, because I, I especially coming out of you know Me Too and everything like that, and I think we're in a different world, a different headspace mm-hmm. in regards to um, black people and and mental illness and 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 self care mm-hmm. and absolutely and, and things of that nature. I think you can watch this film with a, a, through a different lens now. And I really, I really think that you oh, that's, uh, come out on a different end with it. Oh, damn. You may have changed my mind with that last sentence. You know, there are so few films that you recommend and I don't recommend. I'm still not recommending it. I still think 
I don't know if the pros are worth what this can do to your piece. I really don't. Uh, I, 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 I think this film now I strongly this. recommend everyone read the book. It's only hundred. It's, it's a short book. Mm-hmm. Like it's a short book. It's 140 pages. I, I think the artistry is on another level with the way they, 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 they lay it out just to nerd it up for a second. You and I were talking. It's um, it's like flowers for Algernon, mm-hmm. where you see her literacy kind of build. But ironically, it's not as depressing as flowers for Algernon because you know he loses his ability, yeah, and then it starts going back down, right? So it's just heartbreaking at the end. But um, while I don't recommend it, I very much celebrate the achievement that this film is. Um, I know recently whatever happened between Monique and Lee Daniels, it seems like they've resolved it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we're not really touching on that. And I real well, again, the only reason I touched on it is because after this film, I was really looking forward to more, to more mm-hmm. dramatic work from Monique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping whatever has happened with she and Lee Daniels and they've kind of resolved it. I hope that leads to more serious work from her because she is phenomenal she in is. this film. She is absolutely phenomenal. She is. So very much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's where we are with precious uh, from Vincent and I, but please feel free. Let us know what you th- thought of the movie. Uh, let, me, let us know what you thought of our review hit us up. You can email us at michaumission at gmail.com M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N Feel free to also leave us a voicemail 215-867-9666 That's 215-867-9666 Operators are standing by to take your call on the Me Show voicemail. Tell us what you thought of precious in the show tell us what's on your mind the michelle mission two men one podcast every black film ever made go to michellemission.com hit swag and check out all of the cool designs and gifts that we have available to you by way of our friends at t public including our six degrees of derval martin collection you can follow the michelle mission on all your favorite social media instagram facebook twitter at michelle mission um or even more importantly Subscribe to the Micho Mission on YouTube and Twitch at at Micho Mission and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, subscribe to the show. Please give us a five-star rating and a review because that helps people find the show, which is called the Micho Mission, a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network. They make podcasts work. All right, next week on the Michelle Mission, it is the penultimate episode. The penultimate episode. Episode 299. 299. Of the Michelle Mission, and we go to the year of 1993. Yes, sir. For a independent film that has truly developed into a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Is the film of a model on a photo shoot in Ghana who encounters an old mystic that transports her into the past where she becomes a slave 
in the 1993 drama mm. that is called Sankofa. Holly Garima. Sankofa. I cannot believe. Available, streaming right now on Netflix. Isn't we, we talked about it when it happened. And it happened. Thanks is, to the... It's, it's like it's like the Ark of the Covenant mm-hmm. is sitting on the shelf at Target. That's right. Like, I cannot believe this is on Netflix. That's right. Thanks to uh, Ava DuVernay. Hey. For getting it there. Hey. Sankofa, next week, here on the Michelle Mission in episode 299. We are nearing. We are... The end... Of the road is in sight. Yes, sir. The road's at 300. All right. Shout out to our social media uh, manager, Toya Haynes. Hey, Toya. Much love to our co-producer, Maurice Poplar. What's up, Mo? Our theme music is by the lovely Alexa Gold. Hey, Alexa. Check her out on Instagram, Alexa, Alexa Gold Music. And that guy's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again.